Hello and welcome ladies and gentlemen to episode 11 of the Quick Picks podcast in which I Bairam Kazi you can find at Def Mango on Twitter Estelle Vasudevan who you can find at estelle_vasudevan the number 1 on Twitter and Jared Kimber who you can find literally everywhere at a Jared Kimber we basically take a random cricket category in this podcast and we pick our top 5 for that category which today is fielders and this is going to be really exciting because we've seen some outstanding fielders in our sport over the course of however many years And uh, as always, it's going to be a snake style draft. So first pick goes sixth and seventh next. One, two, three, three, two, one. And today it's going to be Jared who will go first. So I think he's quite excited for this. Also, there's just one painstakingly obvious pick over here, which I think he's, he's going to go for. Uh, Faf Duplessis. Oh, <laughs> really? I think Faf Duplessis is all things considered probably the best fielder of all time because. He had the, I think Crickviz had him, or Hawk, uh, yeah, Crickviz had him as the best slips fielder um, in their database, and I think he was probably top five outfielders when he was young and fit and running around as well. Um, so I think it's a combination for me of those two things means that it's him. Uh, I think there are slightly better outfielders that we've seen before. Mm. I think there are slightly better slip fielders. I'm not sure we've ever seen the combination of someone who's as good at both, but there is a couple of others that are not far away. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, yeah, I'm gonna go Fafty Plessy at number one. So you didn't think that, did you? You didn't have that on your list. No, I actually did have him low on my list, but that is a surprise because I thought you were going to go with the conventionally obvious pick for number one, but of course you won't. Uh, of course you'll go with Faf Duplessis. So that's it's interesting. I, 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 Now, when, the, when, the, when the conventionally obvious person comes up, I've got some issues with their fielding <laughs> that I don't think is talk, that I don't think are talked about enough. Okay, so it's interesting how I had him as my number one pick because now you've added all this contest. I'm not going to uh, go with uh, the conventionally obvious pick as my number one pick. I will go Ravi Jadeja. Because uh, I think in contemporary cricket, he is uh, pretty much the best fielder out there. A bullet arm, a great uh, outfielder, and also a very, very reliable catcher. And yeah, it would have been the other guy, but I've gone for Jadeja just to make things interesting now. Yeah, I, I think Jadeja is a really good fielder. I don't know how much better he is than perhaps some of the other players of the generations before. Um, I one thing I would say is he gets a lot of runouts, but remember that left like there are some bad left-handed fielders who get a lot of runouts as well. Um, but he's still a brilliant fielder. I mean, I, there's no problem with him being on a list like this at all. There's this one catch that he took in a test match in New Zealand a few years back, in which. Uh, You know, we all talk about that Ben Stokes catch from the World Cup versus South Africa. It was that, but kind of better. Go look it up on YouTube or something. Uh, I do feel like he. I, I personally felt that he would be a first round pick over here, so I just went for him because, yeah, screw the screw the obvious one. <laughs> all right, Steph. You should have. You should have. Why are you so afraid of picking the obvious one? Because most people are going to <laughs> like your pick if you do, right? <laughs> Uh, I mean, I was so I'll do it. I'll do <laughs> yeah, it. go for it. But my my number one would be Ricky Ponting. Uh, okay, I mean, that's not the one I thought it was <laughs> going to be. That is no, not no, the obvious one. That's my next one. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, so yeah, Ricky Ponting at number one. I think he he was good in the slips, good in the infield. Mm, yeah. Um, got a lot of direct hits as well. Uh, mm. so overall, just superb athlete and uh, superb yeah. fielder. And yeah, I think I, 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 just before you get just on Ponting, I think 
if you look at how many times he hit the stumps, we'll never keep stats on this, but hmm. he would have to be up there. I, the only reason I didn't have him above Faf is I think Faf was a much better fielder out of the mm -hmm. two of them. But Ricky Ponting was absolutely incredible because his ability to hit the stumps um, uh, so often, especially in limited overs cricket, yeah. really does take him to another level. But who, who's your next one? <laughs> My next one is Jaunty Rhodes. All right. <laughs> uh, he's coming at okay, number four. Uh, uh, yeah, I. So I'm. Or I should say this. I think I mentioned it previously in one of the episodes as well. Growing up, South Africa was the team we followed at home, and yeah. John T. Rhodes was my favorite cricketer until Adam Gilchrist came along. So he has to be in my top five. Um, I don't know what issues Jared is going to bring up, but I think <laughs> <laughs> just the athlete athleticism he had uh, was superb. The the reason why I would put him below Ponting is because Ponting, like Jack mentioned, was so superb hitting the stumps and like mm. affecting dismissals. Um, but otherwise, I think he's. I mean, you can't deny he's top fifteen, right? He's he's. He oh was no, no. A fantastic he's easily top fifteen. Yeah. I mean, he he's the first kind of fielder of that level where. You can actually see them making a difference in the field and kind of understand it. So I think he's absolutely, from that point of view, the difference between him and Ravi Jadeja and Michael Clark and Ricky Ponting has to be hitting the stumps, though. Mm. Like, it, so the famous run out of him is him not throwing the ball. Yeah. Right. Whereas those other guys <laughs> would have thrown that ball. And and I really, and, and I think this isn't talked about enough. They, they, I don't know. There's another fielder who might come up later who I think is, an, again, an A level. Or an S tier level fielding athlete, but the other this other guy fumbles a lot. And with John T, I don't I wouldn't say he fumbled a lot, but I don't think his hands were of the level of Judasia mm. or Ponting or Faf Duplessis, right? Because when I'm putting them together, it's real, it's that it's it's everything. How good are you at catching everything, right? Mm. Uh, so in catching positions and in the outfield, how often do you fumble, right? Because that's a anyone can stop the ball, but actually taking it mm. cleanly, and then can you hit the stumps at both ends? Right, because we, you know, it, it, you you have to be able to hit at the easy end and the hard end, right? And I, and I think that to be fair to Jonty, he's above average in some of these other guys at the the ground he covered and the way he fielded mm -hmm. the ball, but he doesn't catch up to them when it comes to hitting the stumps, and that is the other mo more more important yeah. thing. Like we've seen some pretty slow guys at point who are really good point fielders just because every time they get the ball, they don't miss the stumps. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so, someone like Michael Clark. He hit the stumps a lot. Again, left-handed, so he has a slight advantage there. So I do think all that plays a part um, uh, uh, with with your fielding. So I, I so I don't want to be controversial on Georgie Rhodes because I do think he changed the way we thought about fielding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure if if he was as all-round a package as some of the other guys that we've already mentioned. Interesting. I think it's also an eras thing, right? Because fielding back in the day wasn't thought of as uh, well the same way that is it is thought of yeah. right now. And he's and, part of the reason it is yeah. thought that way. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So he definitely revolutionized it that way. And and you make a very fair point of actually hitting the stumps and diving towards the stumps midair. You know, he could have a shoe on him, you know, with, with, with that little um, image of him yes. going <laughs> or diving towards the stumps and running in Z out. Because that is what we think of uh, uh, Jaunty, uh, the first image that comes to our mind when, when we think of his name. But I think Punter definitely, uh, I, I would say that he deserves to be in that first round pick as well. So I, I like your picks instead. Good ones. Um, my turn? It's you, isn't it, mate? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to go with another fielder who was uh, brilliant all round. Uh, I think he was a very good catcher and outfielder. Uh, kept wicket on occasion. Uh, 
you guys have probably guessed it by now. A.B. de Villiers is my next pick. And uh, yeah, I mean, he picks himself. I really don't I know what to say. I thought you were going to say T.M. Dilshan. <laughs> I like Dilshan. I, I liked him as well as a fielder. Dilshan really, was really a good fielder, yeah. but he's not, he's not top 15 of all time. <laughs> yeah, is he? Yeah, no. Uh, A.B., uh, I'm really happy that I've got him because I thought I might not have the opportunity to pick him because he was someone who literally every game he would force a dismissal one way or another. And uh, yeah, it was just an absolute live wire in the field. And also, just to be that skilled an athlete, forget just fielding and wicket-keeping. This guy could have played multiple sports, right? Uh, yeah. So yeah, I think he deserves to be there up top and I'm I'm going to have him as my second pick. Yeah, I, I, I certainly... I didn't know where to put him on my list, but he was very, very high. Can I tell you guys a great story about um, when Faf Duplessis first moves to England and he's playing mm. club cricket? Uh, he's playing for a team and I think they're one player short in this game. And I, um, uh, God, I've forgotten the person who's written about this, but it's the guy who writes about all the minor league and, and um, league cricket stuff in England. Who's in there, hmm. And I've met him a hundred times and I'm just blanking <laughs> on his name. But um, uh, it's so fast that if Faf says, oh, you know, I've got a friend who can come and play one game if you want. And it, the, the friend is AB de Villiers. So hmm. for a league cricket game, Faf Duplessis was feeling a point. And AB Devers is fielding at cover. Hmm. Um, it might be the greatest club <laughs> cricket fielding. Uh, right. And you got to imagine, there's probably some like fat dude who's just like in second slip, some old <laughs> guy who still plays in the first because he makes a few runs in that. So I love the idea of club cricket having two of those guys at the same time. Yeah, I think for me, Faf is weird because, uh, sorry, uh, AB is weird because of the wicket keeping. Hmm. Um, and I didn't know where to put him in the end, uh, you know, on the list, but. Uh, again, uh, a fantastic player. You know, there's there's no problem with that one. All right. Two picks in a row for you, right? I do. I've got such a long list here. <laughs> um, I don't even know where to go next. Okay. Let me go. I'm going to move that guy down. And I'm going to move. <laughs> I am going to have Garfield Sobers at two. Mm. So Garfield Sobers, there's a, you know that catch that um, Ben Stokes took running back with the flight the other day? Uh-huh. There's a great one that Steve Waugh takes. Uh, mm. yeah. Those are very rare catches, running back, you know, 30 or 40 meters. There are stories of Sobers doing that sort of thing regularly, right? Mm. And his ability to field in every single position, uh, he was considered by, you know, a, an absolute great fielder um, in his era, and, and also, again, a bit like John T. Rhodes, a kind of a revolutionary fielder in that it was on the next level. There's a lot of great West Indian fielders. So it's uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of picking him ahead of Clive Lloyd, who was obviously incredible in the covers, um, and some of the other, uh, you know, uh, um, Constantine, um, even Roger Harper. Do you guys remember Roger Harper? Mm-hmm. I do. I've seen videos. <laughs> yeah, so Roger Harper's a little bit like, um, Jonty before there's Jonty, not quite the same level of Jonty, but but he was absolutely incredible. So there's a few guys from the West Indies, but the stories of Sobers just kinds of and, and Sobers could field everywhere um, in every single position, and that that is something that I think I value a little bit higher. Um, if you can you know field absolutely everywhere, that means you're not just a specialist great fielder. Um, so I've got Sobers, uh, and then I'm going to go Colin Bland. Do either of you even know who Colin Bland is? Nope, not me. Col- Colin Bland was was Jonty um, forty years before Jonty, and oh, so you have br- mentioned Colin Bland to me. Actually, we've covered him in some podcast. 
the reason he's not more famous is because I think he comes into the whole apartheid era. So he plays a little mm. bit for South Africa and then the, the, the peak of his career is not around. People I thought it was to, because he lacked flavor. <laughs> hey, <laughs> people used to turn up to the ground um, to watch him do his fielding practice. Right, like uh, I can't think of anyone in modern cricket where that is the case, where where people turn up, you know, to have a look at him. Apparently, so he was, I think he was very much a combination of maybe Ricky Ponting and John T. Rhodes, that incredible athleticism, getting to every single ball, but also, Mm. you know, if you listen to the old heads, they say he never missed the stumps, right, when he he threw. So I think he was a next level and... You know, there's there's a couple of other, um, you know, there's obviously Joe Solomon, the guy who does the run out in the tide test from square leg. Um, there's a few guys who are famous for their fielding in that kind of period. But Colin, Colin Bland is like a level above everyone else. Um, so I'm going to go with him just because I think if you were, there, if you go back in the history of cricket, there really aren't that many guys who are famous for their fielding. Mm-hmm. And, and Sobers was famous for being great at all three things but not specifically for his fielding. Whereas Colin Bland, I think he averages like 50 in in test or first-class cricket. Like he's a proper player, and yet his batting is almost not mentioned. Mm. Um, in fact, here we go. Um, the first line, so he averaged 49 in test cricket in 21 matches. The first line of his Crick Info profile is he would go down to cricket as one of the great cover fielders. Um, <laughs> so, so uh, I, I think that sort of tells you who Colin Bland was. So it's a bit, a, it's a bit of a road pick, but I think for those who have covered the history of game, I think he certainly has to be um, head and shoulders above the players that he played with of that era. Well, trust Jared to go for some vintage picks right over there. We've, you've seen it Always. every episode. And I Always. expected it. I almost expected it that this is going to happen. Um, I'm going to go for a more straightforward... Oh, well, actually, this might not be very straightforward because this is young Behram being mesmerized by a certain fielder. And while I think he should be highly rated, maybe you guys don't think of him as one of the best fielders of all time. But I do. Paul Collingwood. Because I think he was an immense catcher. I've seen him take some absolute blinders, right? Uh, at point, there was... I think he dismissed Matty Hayden, maybe in 2005. Yeah. Uh, or maybe it was Wattle. Uh, I one can't of those remember guys. who it was, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is that one catch. You guys need to go YouTube that catch. And also, just as an outfielder as well, I thought he was very quick on his feet. And uh, Collingwood was, you know, a utility cricketer uh, who later became a better batter, uh, was a great dead batter as well. Uh, Quite handy with the ball, but I think his fielding was his best asset out of all three of those, um, you know, uh, elements of the game. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm one of, I I was a big Paul Collingwood fielding fan uh, as a kid. I would just tune in just to watch him field it pretty at times. So, happy that he's made the list. I used to yeah, get so mad fair. when people used to compare him to John T. Rhodes because obviously I love John T. Mm. Rhodes. Uh, <laughs> and I used to think, no, he's not good. He's not as good. But yeah, he, was, he, he took some crazy catches during that period, right? If you need a VPN, go Nord. Use nordvpn.com forward slash Kimber to get a two-year contract with a discount plus four extra months plus gifts in some markets. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. The link is in the show notes. Protect your computer like a blocker protects the stumps with Nord VPN today. Yeah, I think he's probably a better cat catcher mm. than some of those other guys in in yeah. like i think he his he maybe he wasn't a better athlete than some of them but i think he was a better catcher on mm. the move than than some of those other guys yeah 
I'm just happy you guys feel the same way because I initially thought that this would be an obvious pick and I was like, hey, wait a second, maybe this is just a me thing, but it's not. He, he, <laughs> it's a weird one. I think when he first came through, my theory was that everyone thought he was, in the same as Dilshan, they thought mm. that Dilshan and Collingwood were good fielders basically because those teams had never had good fielders before. <laughs> um, and, and so there's an element, I always thought there was an element of that in, in their, his fielding. But to be fair, he, I think he was a, just an incredible fielder for a long time. Probably, as I said, I think it's, he, he had some slight fielding skills that maybe some of the others at that, at that level didn't have. Um, mm-hmm. And, and you know, incredible athlete, really. Yeah. Okay. All right, Estelle, double pick for you. Okay, so I'm going with Kieran Pollard as mm. my number three pick. I think he's one guy who, I don't know, he's probably dropped a couple of catchers, but it's very, very rare, right? Because he, he's got such big hands and he's so athletic despite so big. Yeah, yeah. And some of those boundary catches that he's taken just makes mm-hmm. it look simple. Uh, so all around a great athlete can feel his ground fielding is good. He's good close in as well. I mean, I, haven't we seen him? Uh, under the helmet as well, fielding close in. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's got that all-round thing going. I think in, like this topic is very interesting because you can, there are a lot of fielders who are specialized in certain things, right? Like you'd probably pick like a Mark or Mahila Javadhan in the slips, mm-hmm. you know, but all-round, someone like Pollard, I think it's difficult to leave out of a list like this. Yeah, I mean, uh, he probably is... He would be arguably one of the greatest um, fielders uh, on the boundary ever, right? Yeah. And so yeah. he is maybe more of a specialist. Do you know what? I, I reckon there's an IPL game where he drops two catches in a row at one stage <laughs> early in his career. And I'm not sure I've seen him drop two catches uh, in, in a season all that often since then. I, I think he's phenomenal. I was Because he's kind of more one-dimensional as a fielder, Mm. I wasn't sure where to have it, but I, honestly, the more I thought about it, if he didn't play modern cricket and he played more one-day cricket, he probably would have been a great point and cover fielder as well. Mm. But he hasn't been there as much, um, you know, and also because he's so good on the boundary that you don't mm. put him there. But I, I think he's an absolutely brilliant fielder. And um, yeah, he, as I said, he was definitely on my list. Yeah, he was on mine as well. And uh, I would say, I, I'd go out on a limb and say he's the best boundary rider of all time. You know the parry catch in which you send it back in um, once you cross the boundary and then catch it again. I think he epitomizes that. That's Kyron Pollard for you. Mm. And just those hands, I've, I've seen those hands in person. They are huge. I've touched them. Okay. <laughs> well, you've gone one, one better than Hopefully me. Hopefully yeah, Polly yeah. doesn't watch this. He'd be like, Jared, don't say things like that. <laughs> Definitely, I think, deserves to be on the list. But I, I do agree with the one-dimensional bit, though. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that I don't think that's a necessarily a um, a slight on him. It's just mm. that you know if you if you look at Faf and, and Sobers um, and Ponting, they are very and even uh, Collingwood a little bit. But those guys are very very versatile. Where there's not a position, and th- there's another fielder who might come up later where you just like you could kind of field these guys anywhere, and they are mm. either well above average or great in every position. Mm. And I think Pollard probably would be a great second slip fielder. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if he played more first class cricket and spent more time in the slips just because of the way he moves and, and his hands, um, and his height, like he, it's a good body, it's a big edge to get past the band, right? Like, um, so I think he would be, but we haven't seen that enough. Sure. So we're, we're factoring in the other stuff, but yeah, if you're talking about all time specialists as a boundary rider, I don't think there are be- yeah. many better than we've seen than him. Mm-hmm. I, I'd agree. All right. Who's your second okay. pick? Oh, last My pick, second. 
Fourth, no? It might I be. don't know. Last? Is it? Is it no, fourth? no, no. She's got she, she's more. got two picks. Yeah, one more here. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. You went okay, first. Okay, I, I think, I hope this is the guy who Jared was talking about, Andrew Simons. Uh, yeah, I had him. <laughs> it, again, like the athleticism was incredible from him. And he was another guy who, who hit the stumps quite a bit, didn't he? He was yeah. so quick to the ball. Uh deceptively quick because I think a lot of a lot of players during that era saw him in the infield and at least early in his career and weren't expecting him to move as fast as he did and he was incredibly yeah. quick I think infield outfield catching direct hits had a superb arm as well so yeah I, actually I don't know if I should put him above Pollard because he was so good hmm. yeah I, I, he has to be on this list um He's a fa- fascinating fielder because if if you look at Pollard, it's kind of, they're both him and Pollard are just massive, like they're just mm-hmm. really big men, and yet they move very quickly. But I think that was actually part of their deceptive nature mm-hmm. of like you kind of expect Paul Collingwood, a player like Paul Collingwood, to ravage your danger to be quick, right? Whereas these other guys, they were quick, but they were more quick because they, you know, their their steps were massive. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen, I think cricket.com.au might have put it up, but there's this great stuff of, of Simon's talking about how he thought about fielding. And I think if you if you look at this, le- uh, this list, like Colin Bland, uh, John T. Rhodes, probably Karen Bollard as well, and Andrew Simons, I think these are guys who thought about fielding very differently to other people in their era. Um, and because of that, they, you know, they were involved in it. And, uh, you know, so there's a, I think there's a big part of that. And, and Simon's thought of him, Simon's and, and John C. Rhodes definitely were players who thought about fielding as important as they did mm-hmm. batting and bowling. And that, and, and Colin Bland certainly on that list as well. Um, and, and, but not all the fielders on this list are. Some of them are just really, really good at fielding and it came naturally to them because of the way that they went. But I, so I think Simons is important in, the, uh, in, in, in that, in that he, he probably took what John T. Rhodes did and is a different kind of athlete, but still an absolutely brilliant athlete. Probably one of the better arms in cricket, I would have thought mm-hmm. as well. And if Kyron Pollard isn't the best uh boundary rider the early best boundary rider is probably mm. simon's right so yeah. you know um absolutely brilliant uh fielder uh, I, I i wasn't sure where i was going to fit him in um but i'm sort of glad that you've you've got him in already uh, he was by my ne- next pick so she's taken that one from me and it's just because of that fact that uh he was just such an all-round menace in the field there's yeah. no one aspect of his fielding that you say is better than the the other one because if you have andrew simons in the field in any sort of position you're probably feeling really good Right, and uh, there are I would also took. Yeah. I would say might be one of the best um, fielders of his own bowling we've ever seen. Mm. Hmm. You know, him and him and uh, Chris Shaw slightly different because he's a medium pacer, although uh, sorry, a fast bowler. Um, uh, but Chris Jordan and Andrew Simons, just for like fielding off their own bowling, it you know it, that's another level, and that's a whole different kind of fielding than normal fielding, right? Yeah, and I mean, uh, he definitely deserves to be on this list. Maybe even higher, you know. I thought of going with Simons before Paul Collingwood. Maybe I should have and PC was still available right now. Uh, But I'm going to go with a bit of a rogue pick for my next one. Uh, He is, though, similar to Simons in one way that a big unit and very versatile in terms of the positions that he can field in. I'm going with Ben Stokes. Because I think Stokesy, you know, I've seen him take some splendid catches, uh, in the slips and gully as well. Uh, You know, one-handed screamers. And then we all remember that catch in the inaugural game of the 2019 World Cup where Nasser Mm -hmm. Sen said that you cannot do that or something like along those lines. 
Um, it was an amazing one-handed take running back. And Stokes is also someone who hits the stumps fairly frequently, I feel. And he just got like a very crucial run out in, in the Hyderabad mm-hmm. test. So I think he's just very alert. He's he's big. He can hold on to some ridiculous catches. And he's got a bullet arm. So even though when we're discussing like the best fielders of all time, you might not think of him you know, from the get-go. But I think as a package overall, as a fielder, he, he deserves to be there. Yeah, I, I don't have any problem with him being on this mm-hmm. list at all. I think... One thing I would say is, as a slip fielder, I do think he clangs a little bit more than I would like. Hmm. But but there's two factors to that. I think he gets to a lot of slip catches that other people wouldn't get to. And so I do – it's hard to kind of work out where you fit him in when it, when it comes to that. Um, but, you know, if – the majority of the fielders, I think all the fielders we have here are great athletes and he certainly fits in that athletic um, mm. side of things, right? Like he, he's definitely on that on that level. Um, yeah. And he gets to balls, you know, that other fielders won't, whether it be stopping or, or anything else. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I didn't know where to put – did you have him on your long list, Estelle? Nope. Yeah. Mm. I saw him I, – because I did some Googling of the best fielding um, lists, and there's a lot of Suresh Rainer on those lists, by the way. <laughs> Uh, don't, know what, don't know what's going on there. But he was on a lot of people's lists. Um, him and Brendan McCullum. So I kind of think him and Brendan McCullum are both great athletes and they throw themselves around. Are they great fielders? I don't know. Um, uh, as in, I, I should say they're great fielders, but I mean, are they top 15 fielders of all time? Mm. I don't know. But do they get to balls that other people don't because of their athleticism and their desire to get to balls? I think that's unquestionable. And so mm. that is a big part of fielding, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I also kind of had McCullum way down this list, but I was like, he was primarily a keeper for the, you know, yeah. vast majority of his career. So does he deserve to be on this list? That That's where I was like, kind of iffy. But I think yeah. McCullum was a terrific athlete, definitely better than Ryan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Um, so I, I think I, I think that's a fair one. All right. So I've got to go back to back here. Yeah. So the question is, do I take Jim Fote? because we both know that Bayram's going to take him or do I go in a different direction? Okay, I'm going to go Mark War, mm. who I think is the worst athlete on this list and that is in no way a slight because this is a ridiculously athletic list. But And I, and I do think Mark War was a really good athlete and uh, it may be a different kind of – I think a lot of these guys are kind of like fast-twitch predator athletes and I think mm. Mark War is probably more, you know, um, uh, you know – uh, slow moving great athlete like you know uh, uh like perlo the footballer or or, or um or joker in basketball like you know those kinds of athlete where they just see things differently so they can move you know he didn't need to run as quick as everyone else because he was already there he's that sort of person mark war can f- could field in every single position um and i mean that from short leg silly point slip uh point uh boundary rider i think he could field in every single one he had a almost as good a first touch with his hands as I think I've ever seen any fielder have. Um, he was always in the right spot. He's the guy that intercepts that ball in the 1999 World Cup uh, final that ends up with South Africa going out. Sorry, Estelle, uh, probably too soon <laughs> for her, uh, that one. Um, if you look at him in, and, and then, so he does that in the World Cup semifinal and in the World Cup final, he takes probably one of his greatest catches to get, was it Inzi he got out? Yeah, I think Bayram? 
Yeah, it was, one, it was certainly one of the better Pakistani batters. He just pouches one. His reflexes at slip. Um, I think he's my favorite second slip fielder of all time. Um, uh, but I, I just think he was – I don't think – as I said, a lot of these guys are athletic. And I think with him, it's he had every single skill that a fielder needed mm. and he was always in the right position when he needed to be there. Some of the, the catches um, that he took at Silly Point, you know, you know, w- we see now fielders take catches like that. You know, we see guys like um, James Taylor and, and Ollie, Ollie Pope coming through. Um, and there's some great old, obviously, um, Indian um, close-in fielders. But Walker could do that. And he could do point, and he could do second slip, and he could do outfield. I just think it's a combination with him of all those different things. Uh, it Maybe the most skillful fielder in every position I think I've ever seen. Yeah, he was on my list, but a bit lower uh, down the pecking order. Uh, much to your surprise, I'm not going with Jim Fort. Uh, uh, I know whoa, we spoke whoa, about. Whoa, 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 whoa. He has one more. Two, two picks. <laughs> oh, you have two picks. Sorry, now I've got balloons coming up on the screen. Now, now you know more information. You can make. <laughs> so a you're more not going Jim Folk. So maybe yeah. I have to go Jim Folk then under under that one. I'm just having a look who else I have on my list. And a lot of them are gone, actually. Then there's a couple of fringe West Indian current players that I love, hmm. but I, and they might be better fielders than some of these other guys. I'm going to go Jim Folk. Hmm. Good. I, I've never seen him field. <laughs> And I have to be really honest here. I've seen highlights of Colin Bland. I've seen some incredible stuff that Garfield Sobers does. I've seen nothing of Jim Folk, but I, the stories are just next level. Um, and, you know, there's a couple of great older feel, and I know I've already got one um, in Colin Bland. And Sobers is, I think Sobers is a little bit more known, at least as a great fielder of his era. Um, and so it would be easy not to go Jim Folk, but I just don't know if you can average 15 in list day cricket unless you are. <laughs> probably close to the best fielder in the world for a long period of time um uh, you know and there are there are stories of him winning games with his fielding uh regularly so i am going to go jim folk with number five if no other reason Bayram, <laughs> i think you'll agree with me to get if we can get jim folk on as many crick picks episodes <laughs> as possible right because maybe we'll do glasses one one yes, day we can get him back day. in maybe we could do worse <laughs> you know, worst professional batting records and we can get Jim Folk <laughs> back in. Like, I think there's a few different categories we can get him in, but what yeah. a legend. And just so you know, Estelle, there was a Jim Folk fan club that was mm. still going like 20 years after he retired. There was still a Jim Folk fan club around. And I, I can't remember the exact thing, but there is a scientific term that has Jim Folk's name in it because one, um, someone was such a fan of Jim Folk that they actually put his name into science. Like, think of how, and I know some of it is the glasses and, and the hair. Don't get me wrong. The glasses <laughs> and the hair play a part here. But he just must have been incredible as a fielder. And uh, I, I've been, there, there's another player I was thinking of putting here, which is Hayden Walsh Jr., mm. who I think is one of the best fielders I've ever seen and certainly should be on this list. And I used to say that Hayden Walsh Jr., if I was an IPL franchise, I would have on my squad just to bring out and field. And essentially, that's what mm. Gloucestershire did with Jim Fote for like a generation, but he was in the side. So he's, he's in for me. And he's not a serial killer, no matter what you two said. <laughs> I, he's a very lovely – I've heard he's a very lovely man. So I don't want any more Jim folk disrespect here. Number five. Yeah, funnily enough, Jim Fort, I Googled him as soon as you mentioned him in the previous episode. Um, and I think the search page, you get the small Wikipedia description. Mm. It says that he has a cult following. So, mm. yeah, I can I can imagine <laughs> I'm hoping we're continuing that cult following. 
Yeah. And, and mean, also hoping, hoping that's not a Charles Manson type cult following based on <laughs> the aspersions that you two put on him. Yeah. Well, we're 11 episodes in and he he's featured already in two of our lists. So I'm all for doing the glasses one one day. We can definitely bring him back. Um, the only reason I wouldn't have picked him is because I've never watched him feel right. Yeah. Like I was very, very fascinated with the Jim Ford story when we covered him on one of our footmarks. I, I can't remember what that exact episode was. But uh, yeah, he was there because you cannot possibly have that long a career by playing or batting that poorly. So uh, I'm happy. I'm happy that you've gone for Jim Ford. And I'm happy that I forgot that it wasn't my turn because then we would have missed him, you know. And uh, it, it's good that he's made it. So I'm going to get badgered for this because if we're doing a f- top 15 oh, no. fielders list... No Pakistani deserves to be on it. Oh Definitely. my God. No, no. You can't Never. put a Pakistani Never on. in in two million years should a Pakistani be on it. But weirdly enough, I have the power. <laughs> oh my God. So I'm going to do you guys dirty. And uh, yeah, I do literally feel that uh, he is the best Pakistani fielder to have ever lived. I'm oh, go with, wow. I'm what a, what go an with, honor. Imagine yeah. that. Wow, the best just, Pakistani fielder. <laughs> and just because of that, I'm going to go with a completely biased pick and go for Shadab Khan. Um, I do think he's terrific in the field. Uh, really, is, really good point fielder. Uh, equally good at uh, catching the ball and uh, stopping really quick, you know, shots. Um, he also has a fair few direct hits that I can think of. The only other fielder from Pakistan that was coming to mind was Afridi. Because Different. I think he has some iconic <laughs> catches, but he does not make this list. I'll tell you my story about Shut Up God. Hmm. I was writing a piece from, you know, when they won the Champions Trophy and I wrote a big piece on Pakistan. Yeah. Fly, Pakistan, me, fly. Is that what it was called? You had that line in it. Oh, God, I, I don't remember that. Um, <laughs> uh, I was talking to George Dobell about it. And, and one of the things I was writing about was that it was a better fielding side than we'd ever seen before. And I said mm-hmm. that Sh- Shadab Khan was the best fielder I'd ever seen for Pakistan. And he was about 12 at that time, right? Like, yeah. he was really, really young. And George is like, settle down. Like, Shadab Malik's mm-hmm. a really good fielder and Shahida Free could do something. And as George said this, Shadab Khan was at backward point and mm-hmm. launched himself to stop a ball. And George is like, it's probably a fair point. Um, and and look he's obviously not in the top 15 fielders of all time and this is a terrible decision and uh, uh, sucking up to a Pakistani audience to get a couple of votes um, is is not ideal but he is he is a fantastic fielder I I, I don't want to slander him as a fielder at all even if you have clearly made a huge error here yeah I mean I'm very honest about the fact that this is a bias pick and a lot of people in the comments, some people get the fact that trick picks can be a bit biased at times. Some it's supposed people, to be biased. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's kind of like by design, it's like that. And, and you know, it's just fun. I, I ruined it for uh, the commentators one for you guys as well, right? When I picked Rambo. Yeah. So this is me that's oh, that doing another one. Yeah. <laughs> I, there's precedent, precedence for this. I've done this before. I'm doing it again. And yeah, I mean, Look, uh, I, I love Shadal's both ground fielding and catching, and I think he's an overall package. In fact, at this point, you could argue that fielding is his, is his best attribute where, where his career stands, right? He probably so, is. That's very yeah. sad for him. <laughs> the, there's The that. Jim Ford um, of Pakistan. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Estelle, you are going oh. to finish up now, I believe. Yeah. Okay. So I have, last pick I have is a, the worst, isn't it? Like it's it, just so that everyone knowing at home, because you've usually got a list of like four or five people, and the person that you have generally to come in next, you now don't feel comfortable with because you're terrified that you're going to miss someone like Viv Richards, um, <laughs> like, like when Estelle did. Like you know, it, it really is absolutely <laughs> terrible when, when you're the last pick in the draft. Hmm. 
yeah i mean uh that was horrible let's not talk about it <laughs> my last pick uh i'm going with okay so i have a couple of options also a uh, shout out to um this guy david born i think all round mm. great pick but i'm going with steve smith um mm. he's a really good nice catcher one. he's quick you know he, he he puts that extra pressure all the time right as a fielder and i think there's he hardly misses anything that i think sometimes some fielders are so good that you know I, and i think you guys spoke about it when you all did the footmarks on meg blanning as well is that sometimes they're so good that you know because they're consistently good you don't really see them as exceptional but i think that that argument can be brought for steve smith as well he, because he's consistently good we don't really you know see it as special mm-hmm. but i think he's generally been a really good fielder particularly in this in the last 5 to 6 years some of the catches mm-hmm. he's taken are pretty phenomenal yeah, yeah he no, was quite high up on my list as well uh, i don't know if you guys you probably wouldn't have seen much of young steve smith but young steve smith was essentially almost a combination of ponting and and jonty roads um i think he had a period in the middle of his career where he probably didn't care as much about fielding um and it didn't come out as much and i think he's a good slip fielder but i don't know if he's a better slip fielder than some of the others um uh certainly he's not on the faff or ricky ponting um or mark war sort of level of of slip yeah. fielding um but yeah i if you go back i don't know if there there must be highlights online some of the fielding stuff he did when the first time i noticed steve smith was all about fielding he just moved in a in an incredible pattern and because he reads the game so well he it was almost like a combination of i suppose maybe mark war and ricky ponting in in that mm-hmm. early period like he was just where he had to be every time um yeah. but i feel that the only reason i didn't have him and he he was high on my original list the only reason i couldn't fit him in was i just felt that he didn't maybe care about fielding as much as some other people did at times. <laughs> he's dropped a lot of catches recently, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah no, I'd... he was low on my list as well, but I think this is the second time you've mentioned uh, early or, you know, young Steve Smith on a podcast and how good a fielder he was. Yeah. I I I can't I, I don't know if anyone's ever done a supercard or cricket.com mm. have ever released it, but if you look at him playing in the big bash and and you know the old Roby Cup, right? Even mm. to when he first starts playing for Australia, it is absolutely incredible some of the things he pulls off mm-hmm. and how quick he is to balls and you know and just i i just remember you know in the same way that when you saw johnty rhodes for the first time you were just like i i can't believe this is this is happening but johnty rhodes and edge simons as we talked about before i think they really prided themselves on their fielding mm-hmm. whereas i think with steve smith it was like uh, i've got to do this but i really just want to be batting <laughs> right and i and i do think there's a difference it's so none of us really has specialist slip fielders have you noticed Mm. Yeah, Which I, think I mean, is really interesting. Jaywardene, Travid, Yunus, um those guys were good in Asia. Who else am I missing in slip fielders? Um Cam so Green I was thought Gully. Cam Green well, at Cam Gully. Green, uh, modern times at Gully. I mean they always used mm. to talk about Joel Garner at Gully, but I don't know if that was just because he was tall or whether he was also absolutely uh, brilliant at Gully. So I think he's probably another one. Um you've got he's some of the old He's been nicknamed he's been nicknamed Cameron Gully, I believe. That that's how good he is. <laughs> over there. I mean well, I mean that's pretty handy isn't it? Um so yeah I I think that I think that um you got guys like Bob Simpson. So do you know how Bob Simpson used to take slips fielding? Give us slips catches. He used to let the ball hit his chest and then pull it into his chest. Wow. Um uh, there's also oh I'm going to forget his first name. Um wait, let me see if I can look it up. The, the, there was a great um Indian fielder. Uh 
Eknas Solkar. Um, I've heard the name. Who really, if you look at his overall record, let's just have a look here. So he, aver- he played 27 tests and averaged 27 with the bat and took 18 wickets and average of 60 with the ball, right? Mm. And they, they, you, they would use him because of how good he was at Silly Point and everything else, um, you know, short leg, all those sorts of positions. And it was, he kind of revolutionized that position. The only, the only issue I had with putting him on my list is I don't know if he was any good kind of anywhere else. Like I don't know um, how brilliant he was, but he took 53 um, catches in 27 matches, which is, um, I think, um, I think, I don't know if any modern cricket has gone past that, but my memory was that um, uh, uh, Bob Simpson was the only other outfielder who was any anywhere near that level of um, taking catches. Um, uh, Mark Taylor at first slip. I don't know if you mm. two were um, of that era, but I always felt that Mark Taylor would never uh, drop anything uh, particularly. So we talked about Clive Lloyd before as well. Mm. Um, and Joe Solomon is another one. There really aren't many from before World War II that get mentioned. Lyric Constantine is one of the few. So Lyric Constantine was a bit like Sobers in that they said he could field in every single position um, uh, and he gets mentioned. But when you go through the old reports, there isn't as much talking about fielding. Hmm. Um, so, you know, and we before World War One, there weren't really specialist slips fielders in the way that we have now. Not that they weren't slips fielders, but the ball didn't carry the same way. So you didn't get as many um, uh, fielding um, uh, options there. But yeah, those are some of the ones. Have you guys got any more that, that uh, come to your mind at all? Yeah, I had two guys. was pretty good, right? At, hmm. at slip. At slip. Yeah, big hands. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. And also uh, Jesse Ryder for however short the period was we <laughs> saw him was really fantastic at point, right? I know he, he was, I think... Hmm. Part of it is the fact that he's such a big guy. You don't expect him to be good. But he was really, really good at point for the short period he played international cricket. So I think, I mean, if you think of his size and the fact he was a point fielder, it sort of tells Mm. you. He he reminds me of that sort of Andrew Simon, actually maybe that Mark Wall kind of fielder where he kind of knew what shot was going to be played beforehand. And so he had that kind of skills, great hands. I think he was quite a good, slip fielder as well perhaps um mm-hmm. but did, wasn't in the slips as much Stephen Fleming is he another mm. good slip fielder yeah um, yeah uh, shout out to Dwayne Leverock of course you're never going to make this list but I feel like his name needs to be mentioned I had a uh, Herschel Gibbs over here not as a slip fielder of course but then he dropped one of the most important catches of all time and I was like maybe I shouldn't have Gibbs in this <laughs> do you know what if you do this list 10 or 15 years ago there's no way he doesn't make it mm. I think yeah. we have forgotten his fielding a little bit but he wasn't yeah. quite uh, he had he I would say Herschel Gibbs and, and Martin Guptill, who I think are both incredible fielders, they were the ones I was thinking about before when it's it's about the fumbling. Mm. So as athletes and getting to the ball, they were both yeah. miles ahead of anyone else, right? But I don't think he – I don't – if you go back, I always said with Guptill, like everyone would go on about what a great fielder he was. He got to the ball like almost no one I've ever seen, but he didn't always take it cleanly. And if you mm. go back to the Jesse Ryder, Mark War thing is – Maybe they won't get to as many balls as the other guys will, but they're not going to fumble as many. And, and you know, and, and you know, they've got those skills, and they'll throw to the right end and all those sorts of things that you need, and that's really important. But yeah, I think I think that's uh, oh, Fabian Allen. I don't know if you guys mm. have ever seen Fabian yeah, Allen. Yeah, I've seen um, him. He's a really really good fielder. Also, uh, I Dwayne can't Bravo? believe we have mentioned. Yeah, Bravo is there. Uh, also, yeah. the live wire that is Temba Bavuma. <laughs> you know, oh, he's a good fielder. Yeah, I hadn't <laughs> yeah. really thought about Temba. <laughs> I mean, South I Africa, I mean, South Africa, the best fielding team ever, right? Like you could, yeah. 
you could pretty much go through, you know, from Colin Bland onwards. They've just had, you know, some of the best fielders. There's one more that I want to say, and I'm going to pronounce this incorrectly, and I apologize to probably his family. I don't think he's with us anymore. But Pitero Kuba Nevanua. Mm. He's a Fijian cricketer who used to field uh, barefoot. Um, and he went and played, uh, he played for the first class cricket in New Zealand. And uh, they said, uh, and, and remember, outfielding was not a big thing back then. And he was known as the best outfielder in, in the world at that stage. And they said he was so quick that he would catch birds. Uh, I think he only caught one bird, but a bird <laughs> flew past once and he grabbed it and then let it go. Um, and he was he was such a good fielder that I, I believe one of the first, I think he might have been the first ever cricketer to be put on a stamp in the world. Um, I, I could be wrong. I don't know if Bradman was, was slightly before him and there was a couple of other cricketers in Asia who might have been around that same time. But I think that he was the f- one, if he wasn't the first, he was one of the first um, uh, cricketers to ever go on a stamp. But I can promise you he was the first cricketer to ever go on a stamp um, as a fielder. Um, and so uh, he has this, there's a couple of those early Fijian cricketers. It's, it's sad that Fijian cricket hasn't really survived as well, but some of them were just absolutely incredible. But uh, apparently him in the outfield, barefoot running around with just an incredible throwing arm and uh, is someone that's worth mentioning. But, you know, I think I'd gone random enough with Jim Fote. I think if I picked, <laughs> p- picked a, uh, a Fijian cricketer, um, I might I might have been taking it too far. But I, it's again, it's worth mentioning, you know, that yeah. some of those older fielders were just absolutely incredible as well. And they do stand out because fielding wasn't as important back. Uh, well, sorry, it wasn't as trained. I mean, I don't think English fielders even trained for fielding until like after World War II, right? Like England, I don't even think, you look at some of the footage of England uh, uh, old cricket and they, their fielders are just like, well, it might get hit to me. We will we will do a worst fielders uh, draft one day, definitely uh, in the works, and and that's a fantastic anecdote. I don't think anyone will ever heard of the that uh, anyone would have ever heard of that story before the the bird one with the uh, Fijian cricketer. I just apologise for his name, which I'm sure I absolutely mangled, yeah. but it's it's not the worst Fijian cricket name because you know there's a name that's one of the longest names in the world is a Fijian mm. cricketer but we just call him Ayal Bula because no one wants to try and say his name <laughs> so they've got some great names over there so it's a, it's a real shame and and just on the Fijian aspect of this and I don't know why the the Pacific Islands are so good at fielding although we have mentioned Ross Taylor and, and Jesse Ryder who both have island um, uh, backgrounds as well but uh, Papua New Guinea mm. if you ever get a chance to go and watch a Papua New Guinea game what I was saying about Colin Bland before about their fielding, have a, have a look at Papua New Guinea in their warm-ups. They are, it's mesmerizing watching them as a, as a unit field. Um, they ha- I remember they had stumps in the middle that they aim at, those, those floppy stumps that they use. Mm-hmm. And it, they ruined the fielding practice by how often they each would knock the stump out. It was absolutely pointless them doing it. They were all so accurate in the field. And if you get it, I would say that Papua New Guinea's main skill as a cricket team is fielding. They are just absolutely dynamic, um, you know, uh, to watch in the field and, and, and the way that, and they love fielding. You can tell they field as a collective, you know, in that sort of old, old-timey Australia, South African style of like, they're all hunting you. Um, and it's absolutely beautiful to watch. Yeah. Uh, I, I, did see them during that T20 World Cup, which they were a part of uh, not too long ago. And I remember them bringing out some some good fielding performances over there. Uh, but yeah, um, I suppose in hindsight, if I were to go about this objectively, one of Temba or Gibbs should have made it ahead of Shadam. <laughs> I mean, you said it. Let's. I'll go through yeah. the list. I think we yeah, all know that Bayram's tanked his own uh, one here. <laughs> and I thought it, he was going quite strong for a while. I, hmm. Last two picks. Anyway, 
Hmm. I had Faf Duplessis at number one, which might be controversial, but I like it. Uh, Garfield Sobers, Colin Bland, Mark War, Jim Fote. Bayram had Ravager Deja, A.B. DeVuz, Paul Collingwood, Ben Stokes, and Shadab Khan. <laughs> and Estelle had Ricky Ponting, John T. Rhodes, Karen Pollard, Andrew Simon, Steve Smith. Hmm. I think Estelle's going to get this one. Because um, I've gone too random with Bland and Fote to actually win people over. Um, and uh, I think her only weak pick is probably Steve Smith, only because I don't think everyone's going to remember how good a fielder he had been at various times in his career. Um, but if you compare that, if you, let, I'm just going to go through our list. This just, there's, there's, the, Bayram's fifth pick is Shut Up Khan, and my fifth pick is Jim Fote. We could not be more on brand as human beings <laughs> in, in, in this than we, we, than we have been. Um, so there you go. Right, look, um, please vote for who you think mm. is going to win and obviously share your own lists as well. And I think Estelle might get this one. Maybe. Let's see. I, I'm feeling a little confident, actually. I think you my first be. three picks are really solid. Your first three <laughs> picks aren't good enough to overcome your there fifth pick. There is one Indian and one Pakistani in this entire list, and I have both of them. I have the numbers. <laughs> if any Pakistani support you for this. <laughs> <laughs> Should have had Suresh Raina, huh? Maybe Google would have <laughs> voted for Where's me. Where's Ufraj? Where's Ufraj? <laughs> anyway. Uh, on that note, we'll conclude this episode of Prick Picks. If you guys enjoyed it, do hit that like button. Share this with your friends and subscribe to both this channel and Jared's other channel. We'll be back with episode 12 next week. That's all for now. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. This podcast has an ad-free version via Patreon, where there are also many other extras as well, including a Discord channel where you can chat to me directly. There is a link to the Patreon in the show notes. We are an independent podcast, so support us any way you can. Maybe give us a review, subscribe, or share on social media. All of these things help us. And when it comes to podcasts, word of mouth is always the best way of making it grow. If we had a guest on, chances are their socials are in the show notes. Please support everyone who comes on this show. I am Jared Kimber, and this is my network. But we also have hosts and co-hosts like Baron Kazi and Estelle Vassadavan. This network is overseen by Nick McCorriston, and each episode is produced by Ishit Kaburka at Sound Potion Studio. Mukunda Bandredi, or Muku as most people will know, is the head of our YouTube channels, and he also helps out with so many other things like the podcast recordings. And there's so many other people we could thank here, but I just want to thank all the listeners and all the people who help behind the scenes that make this podcast work. If you make a lot of content like me, you will need help. And that is why we use Minvo.pro, a slicing and dicing tool that uses AI to conjure up great clips from your podcast chats and meetings. If you make content, go to Minvo.pro to cut it.